I'm Alex Melia, and this is Our Voices, a stage for real people to tell the real stories we never get to hear. In this series, we welcome NHS doctors and nurses who now live and work in the UK. We'll immerse ourselves within their stories as they work tirelessly to help their patients. Um, I'm originally from Libya, studied there and graduated in 2010. This is Rima. She came to the UK as a refugee doctor eight years ago. There's two types of refugee doctor. For example, they have fled from their country because they feel that insecure, either because um, there's a civil war or because of special threats from the government. Rima was both. I have witnessed many of my colleagues dying in front of me at the hospital. So that's really trauma. I mean, being a refugee doctor, it's not an easy thing, to be honest. She desperately wanted a safe environment to practice medicine. But in 2010, Libya was no safe place to be. Whenever I go to the hospital, I always say bye to my family because I'm thinking that I might not come back to them again. To see your colleagues dying in front of you because of insecurity, you're trying to do your job, saving people, but because of the civil war, you're still carrying on to help others and you don't have any um, someone to protect you. But despite that, we carried on doing our job at that civil war, which there was lack of equipment, we were creative doctor at that time, trying to give as much as we can with the minimal things that we have as the surgeons. And I was treating also enemies. The enemies, they were killing Libyan people. So, I mean, I feel proud about myself, to be honest, and I don't regret anything about that experience. I promised once I graduated, to help all patients in any circumstances. It's one thing to say you'll help all patients, but putting that into practice must have been incredibly challenging. And by the way, they were holding guns below their pillows. And they could kill me at any point. They could kill me. And one of them um, threatened me and he told me that if something will happen to me, I will kill you. But despite that, I was kind to him because that's my duty. Rima's commitment to her patients is astonishing. On top of seeing her friends and colleagues killed and being threatened herself, she was still able to find the strength to be kind. At that time, I was not thinking about that because if I will think about that, it will stop me from moving and doing my job. But later on, when I came back into the UK, it starts like giving me like backflashes and it traumatized me later on. Settling in and feeling comfortable in a new country can take a long time for anyone, even people who choose to move. When I came to the UK, I felt I'm a bit lost. I was traumatized by the civil war and what I have witnessed there. It took me like two years to recover. I had like talking sessions, therapy. I didn't know from where to start. I felt like I'm lost. But with the General Medical Council help, they have like an, an office or like a department for refugee doctors. 
So they, they helped me, they guided me. So by coming to the UK and raising my children in the UK, um, I felt more supported here, uh, starting from like, because I was a bit isolated in the UK when I came. I found like a star sure community, like groups for me to involve me in the community, helping me also in my, the children like learning here, free, attending the nursery, um, studying, having friends, bridge friends, my neighbors also supporting me, bridge neighbors here. I feel more welcoming and this is what I wish as a parent to see my children living in security in peace. Coming to the UK after witnessing such horrors, some people might think about a career change to help to forget the traumatic memories. Not Rima. I feel like I'm born to be a doctor. This is the job I really love to do. And I feel myself. And if I'm not able to do that again or join that, I feel that it will also traumatise me again and again. Huge credit goes to Amnesty International for facilitating Rima's move to the UK with her family. Also to the British Medical Association and to the General Medical Council for accepting her and slowly integrating her back into the profession that she loves. And because of that, I feel I owe them a lot. And for that reason, I am and I will dedicate myself to make sure I treat all patients with respect, care, compassionate way and confidentiality. Such a nice sentiment. I would completely agree that she was born to be a doctor. And another thing that I was caring and looking after my grandma, she passed away. But I started to look after her when I was like seven years old. I was giving her medications, everything, looking after her. So I, I felt that bond between me and my uh, grandma. And she told me, Rima, if you want to be a doctor, that would be a great, great doctor. I mean, she gave me a lot of like emotional support that I needed. Um, her kind, warm words for me kept me moving on, moving on. And to be a doctor, she was inspired me, to be honest. And I feel that it's like a character. It's not only the knowledge that you have, or if you're a smart person to be a doctor, it's, it's beside the knowledge, it's other things like your personality. If we fast forward a bit to the present day, Rima's patients are a far cry from the gun-wielding man threatening her in Libya. I was in a supermarket doing shopping. One of the ladies, she told me that I have saw you at the hospital. So are you that doctor? I said, yeah, I'm that doctor. She said that I couldn't find opportunity to thank you about what you have done to my father. So she thanked me and she thanked the NHS of what we have done. And she said, you're really, really doing a great job facing uncertain disease like this. She thanked me a lot and she brought me a, like a, a flower. I, I felt like emotional and I nearly busted in tears, to be honest. I mean, these kind words keeps me moving and going on as well as give me the strength. She told me about a patient she recently treated who, in addition to being quite ill herself, was more concerned about her brother. I told her about my brother. He had like a liver cancer and she was so upset because of that. He like had a big operation 
and he recovered after that. So I'm, I was like sharing my some of my experience to help her to ease her worries and everything and give her a hope because she was ill and she was thinking about her brother, which is a stress at the same time. And I was trying to ensure that this stress wouldn't affect her. So I felt because of that, I felt there's a bond between me and her. Um, if you're a good listener, if you're showing an empathy and sympathy, it is part of the treatment because being healthy is not only not having a disease or a condition, it's also mentally, it's also psychologically. She was a bit complicated case, to be honest, it was not an easy case. She had an emergency operation and she needed for that to stay like in a critical care unit. She got some like specific things like whenever you need to take a blood from her, there's like a central line that connected to her heart. So you need to take a blood from that. So all these skilled people, they should touch that line and care about her because there's a big risk of infection. She had an operation with one of the skilled consultants here in the UK and she made a good recovery. I met her on the OPD clinic. I, w- I couldn't meet her on the day of the discharge but she was doing a great, great recovery. I asked Rima what the woman said the last time they met. She feels that I am like the person she can trust. She was so nice and so kind. She made my day, to be honest. With these kind words, it gives you more sense. No, I will keep on. Despite whatever, I will keep on for these patients. From the story Dr. Rima has shared in her home country of Libya, it's accurate to say that she has taken a tough route to be where she is now, a successful doctor in the NHS. Most of us in the UK have been treated by an overseas medical professional. Most of the time we go into the hospital as patients, we could easily forget about the journeys and in many cases struggles these people have faced in getting here. As patients, we're thinking about ourselves at that moment in time. How would we behave and treat medical professionals like Dr. Rima differently if we'd know about their lives? It's a reminder to us, if we're physically able to, to learn more about them when we or our family members are next treated by them. We'd learn a lot about our own lives from asking them about theirs. Everyone has a story to share. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please click subscribe. And if you could leave us a review, it would mean a lot. If you want to continue the conversation with us, reach out at ourvoicespodcast.com. Or if you found this episode valuable, please consider supporting us to keep doing what we're doing through our Patreon page. You can find a link in the description. See you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening. Now you probably know I'm looking to grow this show. Since you're here, I'm guessing you're a fan, but you might not know how to help. Here's how. 1. Tap follow wherever you're listening. 2. Give it a 5 star review on your podcast app. This helps more people discover the show. 3. Send this episode to one person. They'll thank you for it later. I really appreciate your help. See you on the next one.